Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Review Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Kander, and as always, I am joined by my two co-hosts, Dave Glanz and Mike Mirandi. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, hello gentlemen. gentlemen. And this is the podcast. Okay, that was the lamest. <laughs> well, I didn't want the sound to get on the uh, mic. Do Sorry. it for real. There we go. That was really loud. Okay. <laughs> this is the po- podcast where we talk about classic movies from a modern cinematic context. You can find us on the web at reviewedpodcast.com, at facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast, and email us at contact at reviewedpodcast.com. Thank you, Mike. Um, and today's episode, <laughs> in honor of um, Halloween. Halloween coming up, my choice for this week was The Exorcist, the 1973 film directed by William Freakin. Uh, Friedkin. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an easy uh, freaking William freaking. Somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world. The world of darkness. expected it. Nobody believed it. And nothing could stop it. There are no experts. You probably know as much about possession as most priests. Look, your daughter doesn't say she's a demon. She says she's the devil himself. I'm telling you that that thing upstairs isn't my daughter. I want you to tell me that you know for a fact that there's nothing And um, it's a movie that I've never seen. Um, it's also a movie that is constantly put on top 100 horror movie lists. It's a movie that uh, is constantly uh, referred to as basically the start of a genre because there's so many more exorcist films that have followed this movie up. Um, so it is it's very much seeped into the public consciousness. Um, but I'd argue that most of the modern generation probably has never seen this movie. I would agree. Um, because it's, you know, from 1973. It stars... Um, who's it star, Dave? Ellen Linda Blair. Ellen Burstyn, Linda Blair, uh, Jason Miller, and Max von Sydow. Oh, Max von Sydow. That's what it is. Okay. Um, so a, a pretty famous cast. Um and uh, Ellen Burstyn and, and Max von Sydow is still acting, if I believe. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he's still uh, alive. Yeah, yeah. You are kidding me. He's mm. aged in the movie. They put oh, he's not that him. old in the movie. Yeah. Okay, it's he's forty-four. You, he was it, only six years older than me. It, it, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because when I watch this movie, I'm like, how has Max Sydow not aged in thirty years? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, very that's convincing. So, <laughs> that's real. It's an interesting choice. They made him older. He looked like crap, but I thought because he looked unhealthy, I didn't realize that was actually makeup. But anyway, this is a movie about makeup. a young girl in Georgetown uh, who is possessed by a demon. Mm-hmm. And that's what the basic plot of this movie is, right? And it deals with a, yeah, two priests who are coming to exercise her. One of them is a uh, exorcist veteran. Another one is a psychological um, so psychiatrist. psychiatrist uh, a, a psychiatrist for Jesuit priests. Basically. Right, and yeah. he's a man kind of and struggling with his faith, and he is more of, actually a little bit more of a man of science than he is a man of faith, I would argue. Yeah. Um, so I had a pretty strong opinion about this movie being the first time that I saw it, but huh. I'll leave you guys in suspense. Mike, oh, what did you think about this God. film? <sighs> so have you seen I, this before? I actually I have seen this movie before. This was uh, I saw this in college. I think it was my senior year. Um, Funny enough, I had a theology class where I did a, a paper on exorcism, so I kind of wanted to like watch the movie as like a research um, uh, 
test. A I paper guess. on exorcism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I had taken a class on, like, uh, I went to Catholic school and I had a minor in theology. So mm-hmm. I took some classes in um, uh, the different sacraments of the Catholic Church. And one of them was exorcism. So hmm. that's not one of the official, like, seven. I don't get too far into the uh, theology. But um, it's definitely considered sacramental. But it was something I, so I did some research on it and did some uh, reading. And part of that was watching the movie. So, um, yeah. Uh, I think half of it, I, I feel half of it is, I mean, ages, I think the movie ages really well. I think it was, it's definitely scary and creepy. And, um, I watched the movie, I started watching it with my girlfriend and about halfway through, she was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle this movie. Maybe you should. Maybe you <laughs> it should was her first time seeing it? Yes. It was her first time seeing it. So. And I had told her, I said, you know, you, you might not. This does get pretty heavy. So if you're, you know, you're not into horror movies. And I'm, I'm not even. She's not. So um, and then I watched the second half by myself at like 10 o'clock at night in my apartment by myself. And I was starting to chug alcohol because I wanted to make sure that I was like, <laughs> I was okay. I'm ready to go. I wasn't going to jump, get something jump out of me and scare the crap out of me. Um, it was, and it was creepy. I didn't think it would be. I, you know, I thought with, I remember, I've seen it before. So I knew it was coming. I knew the scenes were coming. Um, I know what the makeup looks like in the special effects, and it's not like something about it is it is not really like it's disturbing, but it's not like like. And I think it's just like the makeup and stuff like that. I feel like this. I have a, a bit of a suspension of disbelief when I'm watching because it doesn't. See, it seems like it's made in the '70s with all the you know. Mm. Even still, it's just it's disturbing at parts. There's just like some heavy stuff. And you're like, oh my god, I got it. Well, in particular, do you? <laughs> oh no, no, nothing. I can really it only comes to mind. I don't think you know maybe the, the crucifix scene and the yeah. uh, just really anything that Linda Blair other utters in the second half of the film, right? Um, is pretty disturbing. I think, it, and it's surprising actually for something made in the '70s. I think I'm always of the opinion or assumption or impression that. Films then weren't as gritty as they are now. I think now we're kind of in this this um, perpetual competition to see who can make the grittiest film or whatever when they're doing horror. Mm-hmm. I was surprised at how like vulgar and and graphic this movie was mm-hmm. for its time. Sure. Um, even still today, I think there's some stuff I'm just oof, man. Right. Um, so that all being said, I, I think it's effective as far as being creepy and uh, and scary and disturbing, and I think it holds up pretty well. I think even craft wise, I, I think it's still there's some there's some issues here and there, but. Uh, Overall, I, I, I enjoyed it. I think it's good. It's one of those movies I wouldn't say I necessarily enjoyed, but admire. It is, That's how I feel. Admire, yeah, yeah, yeah respect it for mm-hmm. sure. And I think there's a certain, there's a lot of good things that kind of come from it. That I, I, do, I like the idea of the eternal battle of good and evil with mm-hmm. cosmic, you know, eternal forces. I always like that kind of theme. So, yeah. Um, and being Catholic, I kind of appreciate seeing <laughs> priests in a good light for once. Yeah, <laughs> in I recent mean, times, Christianity so. at, its, at its core is kind of good versus evil, anyways. Right, this is right. Like, it's, this whole movie is almost like a uh, like a I don't know, a parable for Christianity in a way, because mm. that's what it's really about. It's about good versus evil. So. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so your turn now, Dave. Uh, oh, my. Dave. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> Go ahead. We're not ready yet. We usually have Ivan's a much gonna... better intro for me. <laughs> Dave Glenn. Anyway, yes. Dave okay. Glenn. Nah. Known, known by his friends as the internet movie Dave Base. Nah, nah, nah. Has nah, seen nah. every movie. Every movie. Nah, I have seen this movie. And I saw it again. In fact, I bought it on Blu-ray this time because My I thought God. this is a movie I tend to actually watch every Halloween because oh, really? I, I like to watch scary movies uh, this time of year. Well, I have, one, know, I have one horror movie I watch every Halloween, but it's not this one. What, what, what is it? Horror movie? The Orphanage? The Orphanage is a very good movie, too. Yeah, that's my favorite horror movie. But that hasn't been around as long as The, the Exorcist I've seen. I, I remember seeing on on cable or or, some, or VHS when I was a, you know in high school. And I'll just say I'm not a religious person. I really wasn't even growing up, and 
the devil and the whole idea of Satan and that kind of stuff used to scare the crap out of me yep. for, for whatever reason. And I remember reading the Amityville horror. There was a, there's this book called the Amityville horror that was turned into a movie in the seventies. It's a terrible movie and it's supposedly based on a true story. There's a real Amityville house in Amityville. Uh, I don't know. It's a new England house. Have you guys heard of this? Yeah. They I've re- heard they of the Amityville horror. They made it with Ryan Gosling right. as well, right? Oh, they did? Oh, not Ryan Gosling. Um, who's the other guy that looks like Ryan Gosling? No Ryan one, Reynolds. No one looks Ryan like. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> that looks nothing. Like, excuse me, sir. <laughs> they're both attractive men. No, yeah, they're not. Well, one what? is not of the same caliber as the other. Yeah. Yeah. How dare you compare Ryan Gosling to Ryan Reynolds, the great Women actor, around Ryan. the world would kill you for that. We just, you know how many viewers we lost? <laughs> well, this is why we don't have any female viewers. <laughs> Shame on you. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, at the Amityville Horror, I remember reading that and I could not sleep that night. That I, mean, I think I read that book all in one night. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't tell you exactly why because I don't really believe in this stuff, but it still scared the crap out of me. So The Exorcist is a movie that used to scare me just because I, I, the, the whole concept of of uh, demons and, and otherworldly horrors happening that you can't control is, I guess, scary for me. Now it's not quite as scary. Now it's a movie where I watch it and I really admire it. So, I I mean, if I'm just going to throw the gauntlet down and say, I think this movie is a masterpiece. That's my Whoa, opinion. Never I'm before. sorry. A phrase uh, never before like I, I uttered on this on, podcast. I think, I think the look on his face is going to disagree with me. That's okay. Uh, I think this is... <laughs> Dave, you and I, this podcast, team up against Ivan. <laughs> I haven't said anything yet. You don't uh, have to. Well, we're going to see what Ivan says, but it's just, you know, that Ivan's raised eyebrows was, it was pretty significant. You know, it's this expression we'll of disdain. Um, so to, to put this movie in context, this is uh, directed by William Friedkin, who had just come off The French Connection, which is another, you might call it, another classic from the 70s with Gene Hackman. Um, he was kind of one of these golden age, uh, 70s golden age directors where he... He just had like a handful of really good films that were nominated for a bunch of awards. And uh, I think that um, this one is uh, actually plays well as a drama uh, as well as a horror movie. I mean, I think the drama works very well. The, um, and it, it's possible that it feels a little bit different being a, a dad now. The idea of, of children in jeopardy every time I see that kind of thing uh, since my daughter was born. It just it, it just feels a little uh Everything feels a little more like the stakes are have been raised yeah, yeah. a little bit it's so, home more. Yeah, yeah. so uh, seeing especially a little girl, you know, being possessed mm. by a demon and, and a little girl in pain and, and the medical uh, she she has what, what Ooh, and that yeah. day was like um, I guess what an MRI is supposed to do with right. inject uh, fluid into your you know your arteries or whatever the MRI days of yore. Oh boy, I mean that, seeing that kind of stuff is really uh, frightening. I mean, yeah. and and he and it doesn't shy away from a lot of uh, stuff that I think. Um, you know, it could have, and um, or maybe you should have. <laughs> well, I don't know if it should have, but uh, you know, so I think it works really well as a as a as a drama. I really uh, watching it this time. I think what I took away from it that was a little different. I used to connect with just the mother and daughter characters. Now I I really connected with the um, the priest played by Jason Miller, Father Karras. I thought his. I, I think he's phenomenal. Right, yeah. he, he was nominated for best supporting actor. Ellen Burson was nominated for best actress, and Linda Blair was nominated for best supporting actress. In addition, it was a best picture nominee. One of the handful of horror films to ever be, if you want to call it a horror film, to be nominated for. Yeah, for I best was trying picture. to think uh, when I read that stat. I was trying to think of other horror movies, and the only one I could think of was The Sixth Sense. Uh, the Silence of the Lambs okay. is one of. Three movies to win the top five awards, which is picture, director, actor, actress, and screenplay. As a horror movie, and it's a horror. And I guess you would consider. I don't it a know if I consider that a horror movie. Horror though. is a tricky thing to to really define, right? I mean, you could yeah. say you could call, call this maybe a supernatural detective thriller in a way. I mean, because it's you know these priests are almost like detectives, and it's obviously supernatural and. 
Um, I think horror now is very different. I think back in the day, horror movies had a purpose, I think, behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now, I think horror for horror's own sake, I think people well, are going to see not more. Not necessarily. I, I mean, there's you, a movie like not 100%, Orphanage, but, which well, is an I, excellent movie in its own I think that way. what Mike's referring to is around the 1980s, uh, there was a huge yeah. influx of the slasher genre, which yes, didn't exist that's, prior to that. Which was influenced by Halloween, which was... Which is like a milestone. Seventy-eight or nine. Or yeah. Something. And actually, maybe Halloween is probably what started it. But or after Psycho. That, Would Psycho, you think, have started no, it? Or that's no, way not too really, far. Not really, yeah. Psycho was in a different class because it's more of a suspense film, I would mm-hmm. argue. Hmm. Um, but anyway. But this, I, was, this was a milestone. The Exorcist is a milestone film. If you go back before 1973, there really... There weren't a, a lot of films that would have a little girl like masturbating with a crucifix. You know? yeah, more than <laughs> probably that. not. I think it was more than that. It was you know? something. Yeah, I mean, um, and and the, and the kind of special effects that were seen in this movie were were were, were fairly advanced at, the, at least at the time. You know, it was a lot of practical effects that were pretty. You know, still are kind of creepy. Just the makeup alone is is very. Uh, scary to look at. So overall, my opinion. I'll I think this, this up. is. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this this is this is a. On my shelf right now. I don't. <laughs> on Dave Landry's shelf. I don't really know how to counter all this. Because I really did not like this movie at no, all. So oh, that's no. good. No, that's good. Um, Why? Why didn't you like it? Was... First off, let me, um, l- let me agree with you on several points. There's obviously a lot to admire here. Like, I hate when people generically don't like a movie. I'm like, oh, it was the worst movie ever. Like, I'm, not, I'm smart enough to understand a lot of craft went into making this movie. I think um, there's a lot of interesting shots and angles. I think the lighting is really cool. I think the special effects at the time. Pretty, pretty effective. Good, yeah. um, I agree with you that Father Karras is a great character, and he's my favorite part of the movie by far. Mm. Because you actually, I do actually sympathize with him and his backstory, and it's done relatively simply. That being said, I had a lot of problems with the pace of this movie. Mm. I would argue that the first hour is excruciatingly slow. And I think that's because... Um, Again, this is it's hard because I think that my attention span is totally shot as a human being. Like I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm like done. Like this society has destroyed my, any ability for me to focus on anything. But the first hour for this was really hard for me to get through. And then once, because the whole thing you're talking about, the, the thing you mentioned in the log line of this movie, it's about two priests coming together to exercise a demon from a young girl. That doesn't happen. Totally, it doesn't happen yeah. to like the last twenty, thirty to twenty minutes of the movie. Mm, yeah. And leading up to it, I mean, I guess it's. Uh, I'm like. We get it. She's possessed. Let's move on with it and, yeah, and, and get this thing is, going. I'll say to, to that point, there is a lot of stuff that is unnecessary. I think there's a lot of things like, you know, needing to know the woman as an actress and all her actress. There's a lot of extra stuff in there that doesn't necessarily, you don't really need, I think. If you want, you could have condensed the story further. These are things that, like, for me, I, I understand where you're coming from. I think it would, I think to the average viewer, it is slow, but for me, it was. I chalk it up to kind of I think that time period movies were slower but because people being, had attention spans. But for being such a, a slow start, I felt like a lot of the track they laid at the beginning of the movie doesn't really pay off in a totally satisfying way. I think yeah. it's hinted at in certain ways. So to rewind, to rewind completely, the movie starts in Iraq mm-hmm. with um, Max von Sydow's priest character at like an archaeological dig it looks like yeah. the opening of an indiana jones movie it does. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. um you know he discovers some kind of artifact and um later as you progress through the movie my assumption is that it's uh he sees a sign of the demon that he wants destroyed in africa mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and uh it, it is back but i never feel like i never felt like that connection was either maybe i wish it was 
stronger or more important to the plot but does it really matter that this demon has existed before i, I agree and I, I think or i think it maybe would be more not if he was a major I, I feel like father merrill for all the setup in the beginning of the movie is not really that critical to i mean he's critical to the plot but he comes he such plays such a small role i wish he played and a I, larger I, role he I needs guess to have a larger role i wish I he came agree. into the movie like a half hour sooner i wish that everyone i wish that um he was the one to instill the idea of exorcism into the mother, not the mother being the... I think that would be more yeah. interesting. And I, I wanted to see him more of a, a father figure to uh, Father Karras and more of a mentor and kind of teaching him or bringing him along. Because I think he's a very interesting character. And I think... I love the opening, especially... Okay, mm-hmm. so you have the opening of this idea of this ancient evil. And he goes, I love the shot. Mm-hmm. And actually, the whole shots... Every, all the shots in the beginning, the cinematography is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Every single shot they make. And then I love the shot of him facing off against the giant stone demon. Yeah. And that silhouette. That, that's a great shot. And mm-hmm. I think that's just it so encapsulates the it's idea it's very of the movie. creepy it's a just a, it's just a stone yeah the statue gargoyle thing. yeah and it's, it's creepy it's i see that i see and the thing and I, it freaks me out and i think that's a good point because um i chose this movie because i thought it'd be good for around halloween it's classified as a horror movie mm-hmm. and i never found it all that scary like ever I, like nothing really creeped me out except for two things well and we, none of them oh, you mean to, while you were watching it while this i was time. watching yeah, it right. and none of those and none of those things had to do with the damn exorcism they were mm-hmm. The stone statue, which I thought was creepy, and it mm-hmm. was Father Karras. Uh, uh, sorry, three things. Father Karras's uh, dream sequence, I think, is very scary. I don't yeah. know his mother comes up from the subway and goes yeah. back down, and, and you just hear him like sleeping. And there's, and there's like intercuts of like other footage, uh, like really quick, like frames of like a demon's face mm-hmm. that is, yeah, is yeah. quite mm-hmm. creepy. And then the third scene is the body horror of this girl going through this awful medical procedure that oh, I don't yeah. want to look at. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. But none of those scares related to her being possessed later in the film in fact i found most of that hilarious and i know that really? because i'm I, I that's think it, definitely an issue with you i think that i messed up inside but anytime you may be possessed yourself have you anytime she it? was cursing i just i thought it was the funniest thing in the See, I mean, there's a, and there's certainly a couple of lines where they're so vulgar they do have and i said like when i watched this in college i watched it with a friend we, yeah. were, we just actually laughed at a couple of lines and we have quoted them since right <laughs> um um so i mean i don't know i just uh I feel like this is movie is uh, we do this show or mm-hmm. at least I I think we do this show mm-hmm. we do this show because I think that we're trying to look back on whether or not movies hold up. That's mm-hmm. when I say looking at a movie from a modern cinematic context, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this necessarily holds up. Like not for I, you. Not, well, that's a good. Well, I'm a I'm a viewer who's going in completely naked. Yeah. Like this is. Whoa. The, Yes. You, you watch this well, nude. That could change your opinion of the All movie. All movies nude. <laughs> That's very distracting. See, I don't think you did yourself a service doing that. Um, and it just didn't. It didn't. It didn't really work for me. Like I just wasn't engaged. And um, I can. It's. It's like. I, it's almost like watching two thousand one, which you watched earlier. It's like I. I admire it, but. Man, I'm just so bored by this. Yeah, that's interesting. See, I think like there have been movies that you guys, we've all watched, and I have this, like Clockwork Orange, where I was like, oh, I don't like this at all. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie resonated more, and I think, I wonder if it has to do with, this is kind of like my areas of interest, like the idea of, of you know, the ultimate good and evil, and mm-hmm. like, you know, these spiritual forces, greater realities. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, religion is, is something that's very interesting to me. The Catholic faith is very interesting to me. So these are all kind of like things that were of my interest and, I, and I, I was interested in the start and interested in the premise and the concept um, I can see how these are not your your um, your areas of interest I could see why maybe you wouldn't be that because again like it, like I said any, anytime you watch we watch an older movie and this is from the 70s right we gotta worry about the craft holding up and like I said there's some weird edits there there's some like the, the makeup and things it, it it appeared to me like it wasn't 
the actress. It seemed like there was something else, which I think works for the story, but it's supposed to be that she's being inhabited by something else, et cetera, et cetera. But did you watch this movie with anybody, Dave? Uh, I watched this movie. So I'm, I'm curious what version you guys saw. Did you see the director's? No, cut I watched with the, the spider walk version. Yeah, no, I, I saw the original. I didn't I, see no spider. So walk. the, the DVD, no the DVD, walk. I watched the, um, the original theatrical version on, on Blu-ray. And then I watched the director's commentary on with the, cause I had seen the, um, special edition when it came out in theaters and whatever that was in 2000. So it was re-released I think in 2000 with the addition of like uh, some minor edit changes and a few like the spider walk that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. There's one scene where Linda Blair comes down the stairs upside down and, and it's It's like kind of fast. She spits out blood and it's, it's really, yeah, it's really fast, but it's, you know, it wasn't like it was CGI or anything. It was still the same practical effects. I think they did some wire rig, removal removing the wire so you couldn't see any um yeah but uh yeah there weren't any major additions there's one there's one scene where ellen burston is walking through a kitchen and it's dark and there's like a few flash frames of the demon's face and that is you know that that kind of uh, oh really i didn't catch that well that was in the director's okay the director's cut um anyway so i watched this i think i watched the uh, director's commentary with michelle and she actually uh my wife who found it you know i think she was more interested in watching it with the director's commentary than she was uh, she's not, you know, a fan of scary movies. So, <laughs> and I'm typically not either. I mean, I, you know, I'm not. I'm not it's, it's not that I don't like to be scared. It's just that I think horror is a, a genre where, where very few. There's very few films where I consider it's worth my time watching. And mm. uh, and for me, obviously, this is this is one of them. I think um, there's, there's. I always find new things to kind of pull out of it when I see it again. Um, so why, why, uh, did you watch it with Re- Rebecca? Or? Um, she, she lasted about 15 minutes. It's like, this is the most boring thing I've ever seen. Oh my God. Room, so. Wow. Well, 15 minutes in that watch happens. You think <laughs> back and see yet. why. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it's interesting. Cause I mean, so you guys didn't connect with the, uh, just the whole, uh, mother daughter story. I'll at tell all. you what, I didn't, I, I thought I, Linda Blair's acting as a, as a girl was weird. It felt falsely young. Like she felt like she was fake. Like, Mommy, it's like, like they it put, seemed, yeah, they put, yeah. It felt like she, they put a propeller beanie on her. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah she was acting much younger I'm than her so character young, looked. Mommy. And, mm. like, um, and the mother, I didn't like it. The mother, just I don't know, she just seemed cold. Even like the one scene in particular just irritated me is when she was hearing all these noises in the attic that were clearly not rats. Talking about the mother, like, yeah, oh. yeah. And she's telling her, like, I guess the, the I, butler or whatever. Oh, dude, like, I agree. But you're talking about how she's like, they're rats. They're rats. Take care of them. And he's like, they're not rats. They're clean. She's like, I heard they're rats. This but- is actually <laughs> a big issue I have with the film. And I think it's going to your issue about whether you sympathize with the lead character. Mm-hmm. I wish they were lower middle class people that this happened to the fact yeah, that it happens yeah. to this rich woman this actress rich woman like, who's living in the nicest house so you're not allowed to care about you know wealth i mean she's so to put it in context she's an actress ellen burston plays an actress mm-hmm. who's in washington dc staying in georgetown Filming with her daughter recently divorced and uh i i think honestly i agree with ivan i think making them more of a middle class would make them more likable yeah. i think people tend to just not be that kind toward the rich or the you know the and famous I don't, I don't think that necessarily making them wealthy negates you caring about them at all but, but then on top it, of it yeah, her character I didn't like but like, yeah exactly yeah. she just seemed hmm. she seemed cold to me so when yeah. she started getting very emotional about her daughter I, I don't know even at the beginning she's like like oh She's telling her driver, no, I'm going to walk home. She takes this lovely stroll through the fall. Yeah, okay. Georgetown yeah. leaves. I mean, it's, I don't think, I, I, she didn't come off as cold to me. It's, it's I, I didn't, I'll tell you what, but I, I still, f- I felt her panic. I think when she's hearing all this stuff and she kind of goes into like a fit of, I felt that. And I, I pity her in the sense of like, oh my God, I understand her. 
But I didn't. And she's necessarily... going, and at the beginning, she's already going through. She's going through a divorce, and there's scenes where she's talking on the phone to her. her but husband. the way she handles yeah. talking to her husband oh, yeah, doesn't like, make me insane. like her. Yeah, I, yeah, I just didn't. I didn't like her as a character. I didn't find her likable. I'd say every, almost being everybody left else. alone with a with a kid. I mean, she's got to be a little. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I don't but know. She's got all those housekeepers, Dave. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. She's just treating well, them just like be, slaves. Again, just because someone has something doesn't mean that they aren't going to no, have. That is um, very I mean, true. There's going to still be emotional. Uh, but I, I agree. Mistakes. But I, I, I'm with Ivan on this one. I just, it's not necessarily any one thing. It was just, I just nothing made me really care about her or think that she was like a really warm, good person. It was kind of just seemed like a even when her daughter actress. starts to become like when she thinks there's no way out and her daughter is going to die from being possessed. I mean, I, no, no, I. I you, I, I pity her like I would pity any human being, but it's not the same pity I felt for the characters I really cared about in the movie. Like the, Father so you Karras. connected with the priest? Oh right? yeah, Father Karras. Father, I Father Karras is the protagonist of the movie for mm-hmm. me by far yeah. because he has. An, I'd argue because he has the arc right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's lost his mother. He feels guilty that he wasn't there for her, so he feels responsible for his death, or yeah. at least that he wasn't present when. And she even was more dying. so, I think he feels guilty for his profession because his her. Um, I guess it's his great uncle, or his, it's his mom's brother. Says like, mm-hmm. hey, if you weren't a priest. You'd be a world famous psychologist, and you or psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. You'd have the best like place that you can. You can basically it says if you were not a priest, you could be famous and rich, and your mother wouldn't be going through this. Mm-hmm. So add that on top of the fact that he's already kind of having a crisis of faith, and he mm-hmm. has also has this guilt about what have I done. Mm-hmm. He's also just an unconventional representation of priests in the sense that he's athletic, and mm-hmm. he like yeah. he just I mean he seems more like a normal person right. uh, um, than most. I feel like priests are often caricatures in all forms of fiction. Or yeah, whatever. they're always like a wise sage or, or a distant or like, a yeah. pedophile or like right or, or the, the well, evil yeah. one that's using his faith to like trap people. Like, they're always right. either end of the spectrum. And Father yeah. Karras is, uh, I think, a pretty well-rounded character, mm-hmm. um, which I, I I really enjoyed his. I enjoyed his. I, I, what did that? That actor I thought was fantastic. And Jason what else, Miller. And what he hasn't is, been in a lot. Well, I think he's passed away since, but um, yeah. I think he's actually older than Max Van Sydow in this movie, which oh, is crazy. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Which is really funny because I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he was in the movie Rocky. Rocky. No, that was... I know, I know, Dave. I know it's a joke. <laughs> okay. I thought he looked so much like Sylvester Stallone. I yeah, well, there he, he does look, go into the gym and box a little bit. He does have the Italian look. The Italian he's look, Greek. Yeah. I think he's supposed to be Greek. He's Greek. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought he's Italian until Greeks, I heard his last name. Italians. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> I'm Italian, guys. I could say that. Sorry, Greeks. Sorry, my Greek listeners. Yeah. Um, to my I... Greek listeners. Is <laughs> that one guy in Mykonos right now? Oh, he's so upset. <laughs> so excited. Um, and the other major issue I have with the film is I didn't quite understand the rules of the exorcism. Mm. And um, I, I don't know. I just um, I, I didn't. Okay. So th- there's this theory I have about movies that if you're going to introduce a fantastical element, you're totally allowed to do it. But you have to come up with l- rules, rules and, and limitations, limitations of yeah. what is allowed within mm-hmm. that. So if she's possessed by this demon and it's never really made clear who that demon is or what what exactly they are but what is she capable of as this demon like if she has superhuman strength sometimes why is she not mm-hmm. broken out of the room mm-hmm. when they come to yeah. when they come to de-demonize her what are the risks involved because yes I'm fully aware that something ter- terrible happens to Max von Sydow's character mm-hmm. but I feel like they're just reading scripture so like what about how they're doing and reading that scripture mm-hmm. is is that causing a change 
I, I don't know. I just I wish. There's I certain. Had... Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, there, there's so not. You wonder. You're, so you're basically wondering why. Um, why doesn't she leap out of the bed as soon as they enter right. the room? And why she doesn't do off. something that you might do in a more modern movie, basically? Or, 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 or I mean, <laughs> even just within the movie, she yeah. kills the director. But why are these? Neither of these priests kill. Why doesn't she break their heads like she did these other? This other guy. Why? Right. You know. I, and I agree with you. I think there's a certain rules where like they they don't talk about. Um, they don't establish the rules. They don't establish what she can and can't do, or they contradict themselves. Where mm-hmm. in one scene she's like restrained by the straps, and then later on she just breaks out of them without really much, seemingly much effort. Mm-hmm. Um, if she kills the priest when he's by himself, why couldn't she do that before? Mm-hmm. So these are all these, all you know. And, and I think it would have been smart to say that she can't, maybe she can't physically harm people, and her trick is to mess with your head so that you turn on your friend or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. they have to establish what those rules are and what you know how how it works. Right. Or the only um, way she can hurt you is if you open right. up weakness I guess, in your I guess, soul, or, I guess, or you invite them in, or something like that. I guess my answer to that is that the you know the demon as the character is more interested in hurting the girl than she is in hurting anyone else. So I would say that maybe that's the reason that she doesn't like leap out of bed. And, well, what's and the end goal kick. of the possession? Just to kill the girl? Uh, no. So okay. So as I think that I think that uh, I think so. I mean, I think when the priest <laughs> says, "Well, when do you plan on leaving?" and she says, "When the uh, when." When she's when she buried and when she's rotting in the ground or something like that, so the whole. So it, let's say let's say the demon succeeds in that. What right. does it do next? I don't know. Okay, it goes so to someone as, else. As, I don't know. I mean, so, I'm not. I don't. I'm not a these are the demonologist. I, okay, so so yeah, being the one guy. But that's the character. Who, who, the devil. It's the demons as a character. That's its goal. And, uh, okay, let me let me jump in. Considering I've never been to church before in my life, tell <laughs> me, Mike. <laughs> as the one man who wrote a paper on exorcisms, the concept behind demons is that like. Um, killing a person necessarily isn't the end goal because in theory if you're a good person you die you go to heaven you're out of their reach etc mm-hmm. the concept is really more about torturing and just kind of like a ongoing so the idea that like he would be in her until she rots in the ground doesn't mean he would kill her he just he'd stay there and keep torturing her keep torturing her until eventually she died mm-hmm. so it's her, her lifetime is over and um I mean, there's all kinds of real life accounts of people who have been possessed and exercised by mm-hmm. priests. Right. And this movie um, was, we should say, was also based, based on a quote on, untrue, quote unquote true story that happened in the late 50s or early 50s or something like that in right. Silver Spring, Maryland, actually. Yeah. Yep. Um, so look out, Ivan, <laughs> for those Silver Spring demons. <laughs> I'm Jewish. I'm fine. That's, yes. Well, that's actually, true. funny you should say that because exorcism is also right in the uh, rabbis also perform them. It's part of the Christian Jewish faith. Interesting. I didn't know that. So you are not, you're not free of its grasp. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Probably only Orthodox Jews. Well, I mean, a, right, yeah. a lot about this movie is very local. I mean, we're recording this in the D.C. area. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes place in Georgetown. Yeah, and they actually yeah. legitimately shoot it in Georgetown. It's yes, not like they have a sign. Like they didn't yeah. cut to an exterior shot of Georgetown and be like, we shot it in Georgetown. Right. And, right, and right here on my iPad, I took my, my one-and-a-half-year-old daughter. <laughs> well, it was fortuitous because the, we just we decided to do this movie made in Georgetown. My dad was riding from Pittsburgh to D.C. Their trip ended in Georgetown. I, was, I had planned to go meet them there already. So I took Julia, my daughter, and, and we went to the Exorcist I stairs. Pre- I possessed my. I pushed her down the Exorcist. <laughs> I, I showed her the. I showed her the stairs. I said, "What are those?" She's like, "Stairs." She's like, <laughs> no. "I'm like Captain." I'm like, yeah, they're big stairs. Should we go up? And she's like, "Yeah." So we went all the way up to the top. I carried her all the way to the top. This the, is amazing. It's a picture of <laughs> Dave's daughter with the the happiest grin on her face, the top of the steps, sitting at the top of the stairs, honest, where everybody gets thrown out. That of. picture is terrifying to me. She looks like she's about to. She's <laughs> a little de- a little. Demon baby. Demon, demon baby. And and I, I did a little investigation of this of the uh, the setting and I also took a picture of the house because it's yeah, yeah. the actual house and that window there on the corner. So we're looking those of you who are listening obviously cannot see this picture. This is great but I want you to picture it in your mind. If you remember having seen the movie, if you remember uh the house from the movie and uh people jumping out the window, 
the length, the distance from that window to the actual stairs, you would have to be flung from a An catapult to, get, athlete, yeah. to actually make it from the window to the stairs. It's, it's that, so it's obviously... Well, you could argue that being possessed by a demon would give you superhuman ability yes, to jump. Yes. Or throw right. a man through a window. Right. So that's another question. So she physically... She pushes or throws the dude out the window. That's something that's... Well, she breaks his neck in the kitchen. Are you talking about the, 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 director. the end... Or the no, director, no, 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 the director. The director. The, well, you don't really see what happens. You just hear, right? right. Well, I guess, okay. You hear that the, the uh, Ellen Burstyn is an actress and her director friend is watching uh, so for being Re- a- Reagan at, uh, and he gets thrown out the window, right? And he mm-hmm. dies. For being a horror movie, yeah. I feel like there are certain things they do not show mm-hmm. that would have been inherently terrifying. Mm-hmm. Instead of having the guy, the police commissioner, tell him that we found him with his oh, neck definitely. completely. It would have been better. Wouldn't it have been better yeah. if they revealed the body and his head was on backwards oh, and that's sure. it? That would have been, yeah. like, sure. been freaky. Yeah, and yeah. it's just little things like that. I feel like, um, I don't know. I went into this movie and I was like, I want a good Halloween scare. Like Maybe right. I went into this movie with the wrong reasons. I got more of a psychological drama when I wanted. Can you think of any movies from this era, the 50s, 60s, 70s, or in, let's just say 60s or 70s? Those were all three different eras. Where you, where you, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I mean, anyway, I'm, I see this. think of any movie in general? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a definite... Uh, change in tone of if you if you go back and watch like 50s b horror movies where every everything's very staged and the acting is very you know mm-hmm. like staged like or whatever it's not very natural this is this has something i mean if there weren't any horror in possession this feels like just a typical 70s drama mm-hmm. if you were to compare this to other other movies made and, at the same time yeah and that that goes back to my point about the pace it's got that new hollywood slow style of pacing mm-hmm. um and and I don't know. It's I respect. First off, I you know I hate the trend in horror movies. You know, gore with no purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, like Agreed. I'd much rather watch this movie than that type of stuff any day. But I just um, like this movie is considered, according to Entertainment Weekly, the greatest horror movie ever made. And I just, yeah. I don't. I feel like there are too many flaws inherent in it for it just to get that title. And mm-hmm. I think it wins because it just did stuff first. Like you know, it's it, possible. It, like, That's true for a lot of. Like, films it could be reviewed, the most influential. Maybe, maybe it's just the most influential. I don't know. It's the most influential horror movie. In, in, but I don't in a think it's just because a movie came out in the '90s or the you know year 2000. That doesn't mean that like it did. I mean that I think that stuff does it better. You know, or, or okay. So in, 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 what, in which cases are you uh, thinking? Well, going. But I think the orphanage does everything this movie tries to do and does it better. And the orphanage is uh, is a spanish film is that right yeah but it's it's a psychological horror film involving Mm -hmm. children Mm -hmm. and involving uh she believes ghosts and demonic possession Mm -hmm. and i think that that i think that that movie tonally and scare and 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 it makes you care about the characters Mm -hmm. and it's scary Mm -hmm. and um i don't know i just and like i said the only it's funny i was scared by this movie a week later, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and in the dark, and like I don't know, my your brain does weird things. You're talking about the orphanage or the exorcist? The exorcist. Okay. Sorry, yeah, um, your brain does weird things when you wake up from your sleep. Your brain does weird things. Mine does. Um, and for some reason, I had a flashing thought of that dream sequence of Father Karras and his mother. And for some reason, at three a.m., that that scared me, like hmm. in my head. So, oh, I, by the way, another one of the scariest shots before I forget is the shot where he walks in the room and it's his mother sitting on the bed. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. my god, that is yeah. just freaking creepy. I mean, this mo- this movie to me is just like a. I mean, it, it taps into something very uh, primal, ele- primal, very yeah. very element. Like the, the horror in this movie, uh, I, I, there's something inherently scary to me about about 
old women and old voices. <laughs> you know what I mean? Witches and like really, I mean, if you think about Don't like- Don't get old, Dave. Yes. If you think about like, there's, there was a movie that came out recently called The Conjuring and oh, uh, by that. James Wan that was a really pretty effective horror movie. James Wan? Like, James Wan. He's who, the guy who did Saw. He did the, the first Saw oh, movie, right? Most, Saw most, Mostly bad Screw movies, that. But, but The Conjuring was, was actually a very good horror movie. It came out a couple years ago, and um, there, you know, the the villain, the, the the ghost in that movie is like an old witch. You know, there's something really scary, at least to me. But and, and that's what Reagan essentially becomes. Is she becomes kind of this little tiny witch with you know scars on her face and a voice that isn't hers, and you know the mm-hmm. ability to do things that are that you know her head twists around and she's vomiting you know pea soup and you know <laughs> and her voice it's like there's something about just yeah it's just the, the performance of the person the, the uh, actress mercedes cambridge cambridge who does the voice of the demon is incredibly frightening to me like it, just the way she talks i mean the performance that, that little girl having to i, I don't know if if uh who was lip syncing to who? But whoever, I mean, however it worked out. I mean, and, was it was it uh, the actress with the you know the deep voice doing the acting, and she had a lip sync? The little girl had a lip sync. Do, do, do you, I would imagine. I don't other, know. I, usually, they would probably shoot it and do ADR. I, I imagine that uh, Linda Blair acted out of scene, and then she probably went in and did in post. Probably, I would. I would guess the, it was the opposite. I would guess they would have uh, the older actress with the voice. Um, but if I'm saying for pacing, I'm sure, come on, you're going to tell Lin- all right, Linda Blair <laughs> by yeah. without even looking at it. I think it's probably they That's, would shoot would... it, and then the a- other actress would be looking at it and then mouthing the words mm-hmm. in time with what she's seeing on the screen. That's generally how they do it, and uh, as far as I can tell. And that's reminded me that I actually read something about uh, that actress, Mercedes Cambridge. She actually okay, so she ate raw eggs, she chain smoked and drank whiskey to yes. distort her voice to yes. become this demon. She was actually an alcoholic, but wanted to at one point in her life, but wanted to create the crazed state of the mind of the character she was playing. So she actually gave up sobriety for this movie. <laughs> it's legit. I, to don't, I don't know if you can give up sobriety. I don't think it works like that. Well, I mean, I, I, hey, I mean, I, she, oh, she had to go back a day. I, mean, I, don't, I have no idea like, when that ended up happening to her, but. Um, yeah, anyway. She died shortly after this movie. <laughs> yeah, she died shortly after I, I had no idea what happened to her after this movie. Um, and there's something. Oh, I, I, there is something so creepy about the human voice in reverse that just to oh, my yeah. core. And again, that's another element that I don't feel like was used like, yeah. properly. Because I thought I thought there was going to be this whole plot device where they could only get inside the demon's head by listening to the stuff backwards, so they could figure out like how to like yeah. like. I just I don't know. I just felt like there was a lot of stuff laid up that was never paid off in a satisfying way. I think a lot of the Iraq stuff. I think um, yeah. Um, I think the, uh, the the backwards voices and a lot well, of the Iraq just... stuff does connect a little bit. There's an amulet that he has that he eventually passes on to Karis. Who now hang drops on a second. In. Now wait, yeah, that was something that when I f- saw this movie years ago, I thought it was that he had this amulet on and that was mm-hmm. quote unquote protecting him, which is mm-hmm. not how it would actually work. But whatever he um, <laughs> and in this movie, it didn't. I didn't see him give it to him. All I saw was. The amulet in the beginning, and I then, think I, then he you probably, see him rip it he off probably the neck. took it out after after so Maxwell and Cito, Cito's character dies, and I think he removes it after I his death. So yeah, and, but uh, then why? I mean, at that, I don't know. Did, it, did you see that happen? Was that did I miss that? I don't. I don't. I, th- I think that's what happened. I, I okay. have to watch it again. But. Either way, it's like well, it didn't protect him. It didn't like I don't right. know. Well, I, I, I mean, that's cheap. That feels see. So the older something. the older priest character was had a had a heart condition. He was taking these nitroglycerin right. pills. Right. So he was you know bound to uh, keel over at some point. Yeah. You know during the movie. See I. I, I think for me the story here I think is is again the the, the battle of good and evil right mm-hmm. this ancient evil that we see eons ago in in, in Iraq mm-hmm. um, and then it, it, I was going to say earlier and I forgot to the, the juxtaposition of that first scene of like ancient 
ancient times, ancient statues, and they cut to Georgetown in a little mm-hmm. girl's room. Mm-hmm. I think that, like, you know, from here to there, that's just mm-hmm. such a brilliant, like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing, you know, where where this thing has come from and now where it is now. You know, I, th- I, I like that. And I think the story is... I. They could have spent less time on maybe the mother and, and all, especially with like the acting and the director. I thought that was all like useless. Cut that out. Spend more There's time not that with much Meryl. In it, though. There's just like one scene where they're filming on Georgetown campus. Right, but that's also in the beginning of the movie when everything is slow and it's like them at the party, at the I dinner disagree. party. Mm-hmm. They could have. I think you could have done away with it and served the plot better and put more time into maybe some of the stuff that was more interesting and more of you know the the heart of the story that I see as, as father Karras, his battle with his lack of faith and mm-hmm. his, you know, his faith and his science at the same time. And then, you know, what this demon is doing to him psychologically to try to like turn him, you know? No, I, I mean, I, I guess I disagree. I mean, I, I again, yes, I, you do. I, 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 will confirm. I strongly disagree. I think Ellen, I mean, Ellen Burstyn is one of my favorite actresses actually. And, and, uh, I think, Oh, well see you're biased. Well, it's not. And what well, partly it was, Partly due to this movie, and then another movie called Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, uh, and Requiem for a Dream, and Requiem for a Dream, um, oh, and, and uh, the Last Picture Show, and and so she's just this actress who this is this is kind of like the beginning of her career. She was you know starting to get awards recognition at this time in the seventies, and uh, by I, all means, I just, then yeah, well, I like more of her in the movie. <laughs> I mean, I really, I I really liked her character and her relationship with the daughter, and and. Uh, you know the whole everything. I mean that that part of the movie to me didn't was was I would consider like a slow burn. It didn't feel like it was boring to me. It felt like it was but building it, like, up. They were dropping little hints to you know to, uh, as what, to what was what to come. What is the purpose of of I guess for the sake of backstory, but like her being an actress, the director, the dinner mm-hmm. party, a lot of that stuff. I I would I would argue I agree with you too. Well, I the dinner like party ends with with Reagan coming downstairs and right, being on the carpet. Right, right? But so. What? I just it's a lot of setup. If you, I agree with you, I like her as an actress. I think she was good in the role, but I think we need to we would much like we discuss every week how we would have done it better. <laughs> yeah. Being the geniuses that we are. If Mike were William Friedkin, the, the director. <laughs> well there uh oh well, I mean yeah, again, I, I found anytime they switched to Father Care, so I was more interested. And that just yeah. could be a personal thing. I I don't I don't know necessarily. Maybe if you're I mean, a sexist and you're a man, that must be it. I yeah. again something about her being she just seemed uh, yeah, yeah, relatable that, to me for yeah. some reason, and I don't know why that is. Hmm. Let me bring up. Uh, sorry, do you want to talk about something? No, go for it, Mike. Okay. Uh, the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. We always talk about it. I know I came off. I have a couple of very unpopular opinions when it comes to the well, soundtrack. Well, well, the soundtrack's got a very unique uh, score, which I'll play now. Just listen to this. <laughs> wow. wow. The magic of the studio we have here. Ivan just froze us and we just, he played the music. Uh-huh. He's like Quicksilver and X Men. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> so there's two portions of the clip. Ivan, I want you to play the other portion right now. It's 
see? Okay, now comparing the two. Wait, wait, wait what was the other portion? <laughs> okay, I, well, you didn't hear it. <laughs> so there's there's like a bell. There's a, there's the a, a bells kind of or like a piano king, kind of. Yeah, there's there's thing. a piano and there's thing. Like this which really distorted. You don't, you don't like the piano thing, correct, sir? Really? I love the, the bells. The distorted bell thing is so unsettling and creepy, and I think that is half of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then there's like this like. The melody that reminds me a lot of like ha- the Halloween theme mm-hmm. song. Well, yeah, which, which came first, by the this way? This came first. Yeah. Okay, so I can't say it ripped off Halloween. Damn. <laughs> well, um, it has that same idea. Like it's her when it's her walking through the streets. It's like do 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 do. Yeah. And it's just like I don't know. It seems like. And it's so it was. Can we stop with the sound? So I, I think, I don't know, for that it felt like, oh, movie theme song, here we go, creepy time. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the other instruments, when it wasn't a song, when it was just like this dissonance, and that was so much more effective to me, unsettling. Mm-hmm. Right, the dissonance, it's almost like violins or something. That are yeah, I don't know what time. exactly, it was just, it was it was noise, it was like anarchy, and it just yeah. felt like whatever was going on inside mm-hmm. the demon's head, that's what you're hearing. Right, right? It, it, and, it, and it, thankfully they actually... Uh, they don't have any like seventies music that would really maybe date you know date the movie itself. I don't at least I don't think I don't remember hearing any no. like background music no. at all. Um, so there's you know yeah the the piano stuff. I mean that the uh, tubular bells I think is what it's called oh, tubular uh, tubular dude tubular bells man. <laughs> uh, I think that's the name of the uh, the piece that he was using. It, it it was pretty effective for me at least. And the piano stuff? yeah yeah. I well, like. the one thing I um I will say is that it's used a lot less than I expected it to be mm-hmm. used. I think it's only used twice in the entire film, mm-hmm. which not, right it's not a lot of music, and that's why when, when they do play it, it just feels out of place because they've already had this other very thematically different. So the, the part you're talking about, it plays in the opening? Yeah, I think it's the opening. It's somewhere else. I don't remember. But like the, um, yeah, it's just, uh, I just, like after watching Top Gun where they played every song 20 times, <laughs> um, yeah. I kind of rem- admire that they had a kind of a catchy theme, but they chose to only use it sparingly, I guess. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just preferred, I preferred the, the, the non-song and the chaos, the droning chaos right. than the actual melody. I'm, For a movie like this, anyway. And they didn't use it in a lot of like... Um, traditional would feel like traditional ways now at least you know like for instance there's a scene where Ellen Burstyn's going up the stairs into the bedroom and uh, this is maybe the scene where she's starting to flop back and forth on the bed and there's obviously I mean this is when it's really obvious that something's going on and uh, you know there's no there's no like suspenseful music leading up to it it's just a very you know it's just her running up the stairs and there's no like shock uh, cuts or anything it's it's just there's not a lot of jump scares and a lot of... No, I like, think there is. I, I feel like... Or maybe I just thought that works. I feel like I, I was on edge. I don't think there's any jump scares. Yeah, there's, 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 the only one is in his dream sequence when he cuts that stupid ghoul face and it's yeah. freaky as heck. Which, by the way, the ghoul face looks like crap. It looks like a guy in a, ma- in a mask, what? but it's still scary. 1973. I know, but I'm saying... It's, that's what I'm saying. The point <laughs> of making this movie... It's scary when you show a frame of it. I know. I know. The, what I'm, that's the exact point I'm making is that even though like I, the makeup isn't good in this movie, it's still it's scary and it still works. By the way... A movie. Have you seen Sunshine? I don't yes. want to go off topic, but yeah. it does something very similar in the scene where they go onto the old space station and they're going through. Like as she's walking through, there's flashes. Like they have flashlights. As the flashlights cross the camera, they flash images of the deceased crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're just pictures of them, like happy, smiling. Mm-hmm. But it's still so creepy. Anything that's flashing, but uh, Fight Club does it. Mm-hmm. Anytime you have like those flashes, you're just like, oh, what happened? I don't feel right. Yeah. That's weird. It was creepy. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but they're all they're all there for with different purposes. I think in Sunshine mm. it was just supposed to the crew is on that there were there was a crew on one spaceship right, and right. the other crew is investigating it and they're flashing like their memories faces of the other crew. Yeah, they're supposed to be me, it's like they're ghosts on the other ship or something. And then in Fight Club, I think they're flashing frames because it's uh, a character who's a, who's imagining another. We don't want to spoil it, but a character who's imagining something. And that's that's uh, the director's way of showing. 
him kind of dozing off for a second and how he how he's seeing this other character. And I think in this movie, it's just it's it's just a tool to maybe it's a little bit of a, just a shock thing where you know they're just letting you know that there's another worldly presence here, so they're mm. flashing this white face every so often. Um, and I think they actually did a little bit more in the director's, in the director's cut. cut. I, I'd be curious in seeing that. Um, I wanted to briefly talk about as we're kind of nearing the end of our conversation about uh, the News director. About the director. William, William Freakin. Yeah. William Freakin! Freakin! Freakin' William! Um, <laughs> who's a director that Dave seems to have a big affinity for because, well, he, made, yeah. because he made two good movies. Uh, okay, well, there was a movie called Killer Joe that came out a couple that, years ago. I saw that. Great flick. Very I influential for our time. It was whatever. That's a weird movie. Uh, and there's a movie called Sorcerer, which I have not seen, so I've got the obviously like another him. groundbreaking film. Don't you which feel was... like he gets a little bit like too much credit because he's Maybe. had a lot of bad movies made? Yes, yeah, I agree. Well, he also made a movie called To Live and Die in L.A., which was very good in the, in the 80s. Have you seen that one? Phenomenal. The, the, the Tupac song? No, this is uh, William <laughs> Peterson. William Peterson. It's his... When he was making, you know, William Peterson had this uh, era. Of, the actor from CSI was in a bunch of '80s movies, and he made Manhunter with Michael Mann. He made To Live and Die in L.A. with William Friedkin. Wait, uh, was in a movie called Will, Will, Manhunter? Manhunter by Michael Mann. By Michael Mann, yes. Yeah, well, it's the that's part of the um, the Hannibal, the Hannibal Lecter. Lecter. Yeah. No, this, was, this is the first Hannibal Lecter. Movie I think it should have been a movie about him hunting Michael Mann. Um, and. Uh, uh, Will, Willem Dafoe's in To Live and Die in L.A. and it's famous it has some, mm. another famous car chase so he's done I mean if you can say you've made two to most people at least movies that are that are classics The French Connection and The Exorcist I mean just because his later work doesn't necessarily hold up uh, you know whatever well, maybe, I mean they give, give him a little bit of credit perhaps it's less that it doesn't hold up it's just he didn't have he um, he hasn't been he didn't do that much I right. mean he's um He's not that prolific, I guess, for right. a guy who's still directing movies. Like you right. said, Killer Joe came no, out. No, a couple no, he's years. not. He's not Scorsese. He's not Spielberg. I mean, he's not someone who like really kind of broke through in the seventies and, and went on to have like the most amazing career. But he did make a couple of movies that people, uh, you know, and, and highly influential movies. You would say like The French Connection to cop movies, The Exorcist to horror movies. I would say, mm-hmm. you who know, did, those uh... are two touchstones and and and. The past, you know, the history of cinema, I would say. Who did the uh, cinematography? I thought it was shot wonderfully. I think uh, it was, this, uh, this guy named Owen Roisman, who also shot the movie Network, which, um, he, and I'm trying to remember what else. But, I will uh, actually rephrase that. I'm sorry. It wasn't shot wonderfully. It was shot horrifically. Horrifically, I think, yeah. Like, yeah, I think he did a very good job. Right. I agree. I think the cinematography is pretty And it's very, like, photographic. It's a lot of still images, a lot of mm-hmm. cuts to close-ups, and not mm-hmm. a lot of, like, you know. And uh, it's another uh, testament to 70s movies that they don't really do at all anymore is mm-hmm. zooms. Um, yeah. You, yeah. Uh, they, there's a shot where oh, across the bridge mm-hmm. of Georgetown where it just zooms slowly... all the way in, yeah. And yeah. that's a shot that you just don't see very much right. anymore. And it was easy because it let me know I could. I had Google Maps and it gave me where the... Uh, Exorcist. You can type in Exorcist stairs on yeah, Google yeah, Maps, yeah, yeah. Yep. and if you're in Georgetown, it'll just give you walking directions. And it's, like, it's, it's right on. M, they say M Street in the movie. Yeah. It is on M Street. Right. It's like, behind a gas station now. People use it for exercising on Sunday morning. <laughs> exercising they, or exor- exorcising? Oh. Hey, up high! Oh, that's deserving of a high five there. Um, for <laughs> for jogging, I should have said jogging to avoid the pun. Um, yeah, up and down the stairs, and uh, and it, you know, you get a nice view of uh, of Georgetown from yeah. from the stairs too. I'd love to go. Yeah, I'd love to go see where this like different uh, places in Georgetown. Yeah, shot. Uh, and I would avoid falling down them because they actually are steep. They, they are you, quite. Steep. You know how sometimes you see stunts in movies, especially older movies, sometimes where, where you know they the, the way they make you feel the impact of of uh, Father Karras at the end of the movie when he dies when he when he leap when he's thrown out the window. Let's say 
falls down the stairs. You know, if you've ever fallen down a few stairs, I mean, it doesn't feel that bad, you know? Yeah. You look at these stairs, yeah. and you know that someone's going to die falling down these stairs. They're pretty They're concrete. Pretty intense. Yeah. Pretty intense. Uh, yeah. So, anyway. Uh, so, here's, here's, you know, when Father Karras dies, Father Merrill dies. Do you Marin, think the, Marin, I think. Is Marin? Marin? Yeah, I keep yeah. calling him Merrill, and it's... Meryl Streep? Mm, I don't I think so. I'm pretty sure Merit? it's Marin. Marin. Maybe it's Merrick. Oh, my be guys, we gotta read, we gotta redo this whole. There was podcast. only some form of database where we could look <laughs> up. Some, if it was only not sitting across uh, from me, right? Um, uh, so, so you know, but so Marin, the question is, do you Marin. think his name is Marin? Damn it! You got to redo this whole podcast. You got to re. I sound like an ass. <laughs> we'll have to do ADR for all the mics. <laughs> <laughs> so then, Father in the exercise Marin, in the exercise, goes, Mike, I want you to, to to smoke and drink and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so the, so. Father Marin, yeah, played by dies. Max von Sydow. Yeah. Max von Sydow. Yeah, he dies. Yeah. Um, Father Karras dies. Mm-hmm. Do you think they succeed, or do you think like do you, who wins, good or evil, or is it kind of a wash? Uh, well, I think good. I think I think good is in this case good. Yeah. I mean, unless you count uh, what happens in the sequels, which it's, this is one of those movies where it's a classic movie that uh, you know has terrible sequels, like say. I don't know how you guys feel about Rocky, but I think Rocky is a classic movie, and I think the most most of the sequels are pretty subpar. And, and you seem to look. So I always know Ivan how Ivan feels about something. His, I don't his know. eyebrows are raised. He disagrees. If he's shaking his head, he, no, you're right. I he, mean, the sequels to Rocky are not good. They're but, pretty terrible compared but, to the original movie. He still likes and them. Jaws, for instance. But it's really hard about. for me to. I think okay. There's a big difference between the Rocky sequels and the Jaws sequels. Okay, yeah. Die Hard true. sequels. Because there's still a lot to... I like some of the Die Hard Some sequels. of them. Some of them. Uh, the Rocky sequels can be enjoyed for an, on a cheesy basis. I mean, you Rocky 2... They, they Rocky 2 is an okay movie. They get more and more cheesy as Three, they go. 4, yeah, yeah. 3, 4, 5. By the time you get pretty, to 4, it's self-parody. Yes. I totally admit that. Yeah. But I don't know. I just... I love the character of Rocky Balboa. Um, the point being that anyways, there's, there's... You know, a movie ends sometimes... I mean... You know, sequels weren't exactly uh, a big thing until I think The Godfather 2 uh, kind of set the precedent for like, oh, well, you can make a, a movie, a follow-up to a movie, put a, you know, a Roman numeral next to it and, you know, make a lot of money, money and, and make a lot of money. And, uh, you know, it, so I think sequels started to become a bigger thing. So have you seen any of the sequels to The Exorcist? I've seen pieces of The Exorcist 2. It's pretty, I think it's actually considered one of the worst movies ever. It's really mm. bad. I mean, if you, if you, that would be an interesting comparison to, if you were to compare, like, play these movies back to back, you would see how uh, the craft in The Exorcist really <laughs> sets it apart from like a lot of horror movies. I mean, yeah, The Exorcist too. God, I, I'm looking it up on IMDb and it has a 3.7 rating. Well, that's generous. <laughs> <laughs> There's been like, a couple of offshoot. Not, not. I wouldn't say part of The Exorcist, but other movies that are. Uh, there was the right a couple of years ago, which is mm-hmm. with uh, there were other exorcism movies. Yeah, well, there's yeah, tons of exorcism. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of some of the, uh, but there weren't before this Emily one. Rose. You, can't, you can't really find a lot yeah. of movies. There's a lot of haunted house movies. There's a lot of like oh I know no, no I think this definitely kind of like some, created a genre. And I'm saying right. the other one like the one I saw with uh, I did see the right and I actually I enjoyed that one. I think it has probably some errors. I could see people picking it apart, but I, overall um, I thought it was decent. Well, I guess my argument. I mean, uh, so if we're gonna talk, you you meant you said like can you think of other movies around this time period mm-hmm. that kind of do this thing and mm-hmm. do it well mm-hmm. I would argue that Rosemary's Babies is a yeah. much better movie and that came hmm. out in 1960 something I, I mean I think it's a master, also a masterpiece but like I mean, that movie is legitimately creepy to me uh-huh. um, I agree yeah. where I don't know I just never quite 
like Rosemary's baby makes a baby stroller. Oh, I want to point out that these people are also very wealthy, living in very wealthy circumstances and very similar architecture. But it's funny that I care about those characters. <laughs> And not the ones here, because yeah. I, again, I don't want to digress too much. But in Rosemary's Baby, they make you feel for this woman who's left alone, basically, in this apartment mm-hmm. without her husband to support her, mm-hmm. and she's kind of yeah. Already, they, I feel more yeah, attached so to the character. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so that's just kind of. Uh, but I, I don't know. It just. I wish. I really wanted to love this movie, and it just didn't click. And I, and I, I, Mike may have hit the nail on the head. This may be a subject matter that just gets you, like mm-hmm. inherently. Like obviously, exorcism captures the imagination of a lot of people. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made so many movies revolving mm-hmm. around exorcism. Or like every year, we get an exorcism movie. Like every Seems year, like it, yeah, yeah. There's always some possession, or like even I would argue that all the paranormal activity movies could be considered possession movies yeah, in yeah, a way. I guess so. Uh, so I mean, obviously, this captures our imagination. In a certain way, but for me, it just didn't mm-hmm. didn't quite click. Uh, all despite there's a lot of obviously strong filmmaking. I mean, it wouldn't have been you know venerated as much as it is if it wasn't for that case. But um, yeah, it didn't quite hit for me. But any <laughs> any final co- uh, comments before we close out this episode? Um, no, I mean it's you know I don't know I, I don't know what else to say except for I mean I highly recommend if you haven't seen this movie I would recommend yeah, that you, you check know, it out if, well, uh, if you're a, you know yeah, I, I'd be curious to know whether or not if you were a newbie coming into this film whether you felt the same way that I do or you you hold it in a higher esteem such as Dave so it'd be I, I don't know I just I feel like you show this movie to someone who's like and it seems 20 like and you under. fall somewhere in between me and Ivan it sounds like me? Yeah. I no think, I, I'm a lot closer to you I, I, mm-hmm. I think it's really it's well done I, I would it's not perfect but I think it's uh it's one of the better ones out there, I think. Yeah, this is a kind of a horror movie that I would watch and enjoy watching because I, I hate horror. Can movies. you guys think of any horror movies besides? I mean, so you already know the orphanage with you. I can think of. Uh, I actually recently rewatched the movie Scream, which is another. It's I, a different kind of horror. It's, movie, it's a much different kind of horror movie, but it's also like a, another. It, it's not. I don't think it's anywhere near. In my opinion, as good as The Exorcist, but I think the opening ten minutes with Drew Barry, uh, Drew Barrymore, or uh, that alone is a little. Are you talking about great, great horror movies? I'm talking about great, yeah. Great. I think The Sixth Sense deserves to be in the conversation. Mm. I think that people... I would say it's a I, horror I movie. It's a, I feel if, like it's I think sci-fi if, or something. If M. Night Shyamalan... We should do The Sixth Sense at some If point M. Night Shyamalan never made yeah. another movie and he only made The Sixth Sense, you would say that? You just don't like M. Night well, Shyamalan now because he's No, no. I mean, I, even back then, I mean, I, if we, we ever no, decided to do that movie... is very, very well constructed. I, think. I, I, I like I, it a lot. But I wouldn't consider that a horror movie. I think horror, I tend to think of it as more of... I'd say it's a thriller. That's why I say it's a tricky genre to say it's a horror i mean because horror i think is blood gore anything that's like well really there's blood and gore both the sixth sense and sixth sense there's a lot of like he sees a lot of blood and oh gore, he does. Know, that's true you're the, right the kids you're right. a lot of blood and gore there's there's some living that you know they do they don't uh skimp on the blood when the father shining, falls I down the, the shining up there is one def- of, definitely a horror movie, um yeah. i'm trying to you think know. of other ones right now i don't um so my point in saying uh, scream was that it's it was it's kind of like a the exorcist was kind of a touchstone that kind of influenced and and uh you, you saw a lot of similar movies you know it's 40 years ago but you still see movies that feel uh very similar in terms of it's a you know person who's possessed and then how are we going to save this person right and scream kind of re, re, revitalized the uh the slasher genre of, of movies there's nothing really supernatural in that movie but um you know, it was, you know, you saw there was that movie and then there was a lot of movies with, with teenagers kind of 
uh, very self-aware, almost like they were they understood they were in a movie, but they were still getting killed. So they managed to make the movie scary and also self-aware at the same time. Oh, the ring. Uh, that's the other one. That the ring up, that comes to my mind. I think right. that's a terrific Ugh. horror movie. Oh yeah, mm. that's a, that's a good yeah. One. I couldn't. I I hate horror movies. I hate them because half the time they're just like a means of grat- uh, glorifying just violence against right. humanity. So why disturbing. do you think people like to watch horror movies? That's one thing I was Dude, I have no idea. About. I have like, Why no do we clue. subject ourselves to this? Uh, why do I, some people? Um, well, I don't get slasher films. I don't get movies that are just about uh, fetishistic gore. Mm-hmm. But um, I understand the... Uh, why do we go to haunted houses on Halloween? Right. We, there's, yeah. there's, there's a part of us as humans where we like kind of tapping into that sensation. It's like, why do people go on roller coasters? They like to be scared, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's, It's a cathartic thing. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I understand the impulse but i'm just a big scaredy cat so <laughs> yeah i just don't yeah i just don't enjoy it yeah. um but uh yeah well, i mean i think on, this on is, that note the next movie that we're gonna do i was I gonna say next week i got shit out of you guys i know i got us <laughs> is it really dave, the fly dave chose the fly by uh david cronenberg yeah and I gotta tell you, man, I am not looking forward to have watching you, this have movie. Do you, not, you, do you really need to do this movie? Because here's the thing. Oh, well, I didn't tell you. No, 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 no. I want to do it. I'm going to force myself to do it. But... I don't want to force myself to do it, though. If it's like, screw oh, up. I didn't, I didn't I wanna... know that was going to... I didn't... Okay. I no, 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 no. Do we have we a second sh- a backup? No, no. <laughs> we, we can, can watch the uh, 50s version. <laughs> I think help it's... Help me, help me. This is an important film. We need is to it watch really it. important? Does it speak to the human condition? It actually does, yes. And I also think it's a good... I mean, David Cronenberg is a director that divides a lot of people, and is also um, he's very famous for doing what he does. And I think it's, I think it's worth delving into. I'll just be covering my eyes a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> so neither one of you have seen the no. 1986 Fly movie. I've seen like, the every Jeff other Goldblum. Pro- the Jeff Goldblum. Movie. See, I I'm kind of into. I think Jeff Goldblum. You is are going man. to be surprised. What? Well, well, I mean, you're going to be surprised. I mean, well, I don't want to. Spoil okay. my thoughts All on right. this movie. We're getting too far ahead. We'll do this next episode. <laughs> so uh, for next episode, watch The Fly so you can listen along right. with us. And you can also actually watch the 50s version of The Fly with Vincent Price on Netflix. For extra streaming. credit if you're interested. For extra, extra credit, yes. I, I would suggest that star. if you're really bored, gentlemen, feel free to check out the uh, 50s version too. So as we close out this episode, um, I would remind viewers that you can find us on the internet at... Uh, reviewedpodcast.com at facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast and uh, email us at contact at reviewedpodcast.com Mike Mirandi where can people find you on the internet? You can find Mike Mirandi at mikemirandi.com and at Mike Mirandi on the Twitters. <laughs> Dave, go. It's a long Twitter handle. Uh, Dave Glanz, G-L-A-N-Z and daveglanzproductions.com And I'm at lucky9studios.com shortoftheweek.com and at Ivan Kander on Twitter. So until next time, um, hey, Mike, you want to give us a little uh, of the score from The Exorcist? Does it play us on out? Come on, and by the way, I'm doing the fly next, right? Now. It's my pick. Yeah, whatever. You want. Yeah, doing the fly. Oh boy, sorry. Okay. Hang on, he's sensitive. Before we, we do, <laughs> yeah, fine. Jeff, anything with Jeff Goldblum in it, I am on board with. What happened to our end clips, the outtakes after the credits? I look forward to those every week, and they weren't in there. Just well, now we know what's going in the ha- end of this. Episode. It has to be. It has to be natural. Are you recording? <laughs> we have so oh. much material. We never put it in. What you've been rehearsing? We have Dave. One of the, one of the podcasts, Dave is like. 
It's like eating poop. I was hoping that was going to be the end clip. Last week I was doing the whole like um, if the podcast doesn't, the podcast doesn't end with us talking about eating poop. Then. It um it really depends on how busy I am. Mainly because like sometimes I just don't need to get it out, but they have other stuff I need to shit it out. I, I like this. Yes, I like the whole uh, audio clip thing. So that's a nice a little bit of extra time you're putting into it. it. Makes us feel yeah 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 true. But I will say not the cost of our little gems at the end. I find those to be. All right, are you guys ready to... I'm ready to rock this place. Let's do it. Okay. Finish peeing. (laughs) (laughs) That was a genuine out.